I want to talk a little bit about uh, money, namely other people's money, namely your money. I heard a story from a good friend about how someone they know was so proud of their 12-year-old daughter who was doing such a great job of caring for a stray animal she had found on their property. This person went on to say that their daughter loves to care for all kinds of animals and is so compassionate. Compassion for others is a great quality. But the question was asked of this friend, who's paying the vet bills for the animal? Who's paying for the food? To which the parent of this child, and also happens to be the person that was actually paying all these costs, didn't know how to respond. It's so easy to be compassionate and help others with other people's money. We all do that at some point with our children because when they are young, they have no concept of money and its value. They literally think it grows on trees. We, through raising our children, teach them the value of their hard-earned money. That is what we are supposed to do. I personally remember having a Kool-Aid stand in front of my parents' house, not really thinking about where the Kool-Aid came from or how much it costs. As I got older, started working to make money to buy things I wanted, I started to see that having things comes at a cost of having to work for them. I wasn't so quick to just spend money on anything that wasn't very important to me. I remember when I was a teenager and I wanted to have a nice shotgun so I could go hunting with my dad. I had a paper route, and I also did things like collect discarded soda bottles from the side of the road and return them for their deposits. It was a lot of work. By the way, people back then, thank goodness, they littered a whole lot. They, they literally threw glass pot bottles out of their car window onto the side of the road. They were all over the place. I collected them, and I cashed them in. Having that shotgun was really important to me, so I put one on layaway at a local gun store, and I paid it off a little at a time over the course of several months. When I finally got it paid off and took it home, it was something I really treasured because it was something I worked hard for, and it was truly mine. By the way, I still have that shotgun to this day. It's my favorite gun in my collection. (laughs) I'll never get rid of it. But the lessons we should have learned as children are forgotten rather quickly in the world of our U.S. government. Our government has gone back to their infancy notion that they have the power to spend other people's money. And let's be honest here, I am sure every single one of us can do that extremely well. It takes no special skill to spend other people's money. When you're spending other people's money, you're a lot less concerned about how good of a deal you're getting or whether it is something that you really need. Just think of what you could do and accomplish if you had an unlimited amount of taxpayer money, money which you did not personally invest your time and hard work into earning. How fun would that be? Money that you didn't have to claim to the IRS. Money that you didn't have to be held accountable for. Money that you, once you spend it, don't have to answer any questions about. Money that your checkbook never sees and you're never held accountable for bouncing a check. Seriously, how fun would that be? Of course, you would donate a few charities uh, to make it look like you're caring for others. You may even start a foundation to raise money for needy people in other countries. Shoot, you may even give huge amounts of your money, I say your money, to other countries to help protect themselves from big, bad neighboring countries. And how wonderful you would look helping so many people. 
I think that would be awesome to spend other people's money, don't you? In the United States, we have a select few who are doing exactly that. Many have made a career out of spending other people's money. Now, don't get me wrong. The U.S. government has the duty to spend its citizens' money on national defense, the protection of U.S. citizens. Let's see what the U.S. Constitution has to say about this. According to Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution, the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, impost, and excises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. Now, I'm sure that the meaning of common defense, not to mention the meaning of general welfare, has been distorted to make you believe that also involves using the taxpayer's money to fund wars being fought by other countries. Not to mention the broad interpretation of what general welfare is supposed to mean. Many of you and many of our leaders think foreign aid makes America look good, or maybe it helps some reverence for the already greatest nation on the planet. Why did we give foreign aid at a cost of $3.97 billion to Afghanistan? $2.6 billion to Jordan. $1.47 billion to Egypt. $1.21 billion to Ethiopia. $1.18 billion to Iraq. $1.11 billion to Nigeria. $1.11 billion to South Africa. $965 million to Congo. We even give millions of dollars, billions of dollars to countries that hate us. Remember Trump talking about that? Now, spending $3.31 billion on Israel can probably be justified since they are a loyal ally on the world stage, and they play a large part in providing for our national defense. Many other countries our government gives money to would eliminate the U.S. in a heartbeat if they thought there was something in it for them. Our nation's national debt now far exceeds our gross national product, and about four four now get this number four hundred about four hundred billion dollars a year. Think about that four hundred billion dollars a year of our money is being thrown away just to pay the interest on the out of control debt. Is that unbelievable? Think about what you could buy for four hundred billion dollars. All while our government continues to spend more and more and can you, continues to raise the credit limit. I'm going to call it credit limit because that's exactly what it is. That's like you having a credit card. You can't pay your bills. So you get more credit on your credit card so you can pay your bills with your credit card. To me, that is the sign of a very unhealthy situation. They do this so they can keep on spending like drunken sailors on ridiculous programs like the examples I'm going to give you of pet projects that redistribute our hard-earned tax money to things like, and we're going to talk about more of these examples too during the show. The federal government spent $146 million so that federal employees could upgrade their flights to business class. I guess flying coach like the rest of us peasants is just beneath them. The federal government paid $120 million in disability and retirement to dead federal employees. 
which raises the question, to whom did the money actually go? I'm sure we'll never find out. I'm guessing these dead employees also vote Democrat. What do you think? Medicare paid $35 million to 118 medical clinics in the United States that do not exist. These clinics were claimed by criminal organizations and used to defraud the government. Wow, is that a surprise? If only someone would follow the money here, I bet we would find money going from the criminals to politicians. But aren't they the same? Often these payouts are made by corrupt politicians in exchange for favors. And let's not forget how our government is funding the corrupt Ukrainian government with billions of dollars to fight a proxy war against Russia. Or how about corporations that are too big to fail? Or banks that are too big to fail? The list is so long that I could give you examples for days. Is any of this spending constitutional? That's what I wonder. Oh, how easy it is to spend other people's money, right? We're not supposed to be the U.S. taxpayer common house for the world. You're probably wondering what that word means. But in fact, what is what we have become? Oh, have you never heard of the common house in Plymouth in 1620? Remember when people first started coming to America? Let me tell you a little story about socialism on a small scale. For two years, every person had to work for everybody else, the community. Not for themselves as individuals or families. That's right. We've tried using other people's hard work, time, compassion for others before. Did they live happily ever after in this socialist utopia? I don't know. Let's see. The common property approach killed off about half the settlers. They starved to death. Governor Bradford recorded in his diary that everybody was happy to claim their equal share of production, but production only shrank. Imagine that. People are willing to accept free stuff, but not necessarily willing to always work for it. Not out of the goodness of their heart. Slackers showed up late for work in the fields and hard workers resented it. It's called human nature, people. The disincentives of the socialist scheme bred impoverishment and conflict until facing starvation and extinction. Bradford decided to alter the system. He divided common property into private plots, and the new owners could produce what they wanted and then keep or trade it freely. Sounds a lot like socialism was a total failure, and capitalism came to the rescue, right? Now that the socialists have taken over every element of our government and have created numerous agencies to impose their will on all of us, they can now use the unlimited legal power of the federal government, financed by your taxes, to cover up their crimes and attack their political enemies. They are not going to stop until they wipe out any remnant of freedom that is left. Remember the billions wasted during the scamdemic on unused ventilators, unused hospital ships, unused emergency hospitals, all while regular hospitals were mostly empty and doctors and nurses were being laid off? People we were being lied to during this entire situation. This was no mistake. Remember the phrase, never let a good crisis go to waste? 
Well, in this case, it was a manufactured crisis. And the result was increased government spending. By the way, it's not been reduced to pre-pandemic levels. Oh, no, since when does increased spending ever get reduced? And moving us ever closer to the new world order that they really desire. But the bigger problem is not the money that goes out and the loss of freedom. It is that most people, that is most U.S. citizens, don't even know this is going on. Our heads are in the sand just trying to live the American dream. Remember I talked about the American dream a couple weeks ago. Slowly, ever so slowly, the nonstop flow of your money to other countries, some of which hate us. Government leaders' pockets, many of which are corrupt. And pet projects will put a stop to that American dream you didn't even fight for. Maybe that's why so many people don't appreciate the American dream. They don't have to earn it. (laughs) Our government is giving away money with no respect for where it came from. They have a child's mentality similar to me when I was selling Kool-Aid in front of my parents' house. Or like the girl that is taking in stray animals with no concept of the money her parents are spending to feed and care for them. I think that's a fantastic analogy, don't you? 